This is why I'm hot. This is why I'm hot. This is why. This is why. This is why I'm hot. This is why I'm hot. This is why I'm hot. This is why. This is why. This is why I'm hot. I'm hot because I'm. Welcome back to the Fantasy Hot Read. Happy holidays. I'm Adam. Getting ready to ring in the new year with Andy Ferris. Ferris, what's going on, my man? What's up? Uh, happy Happy New Year. Hey, you you too. It's coming right around the corner. Uh, big plans, hanging out with a six and a four year old. So it's gonna be pretty sweet. Um, so this week uh, we talked a little bit. We're gonna go through and kind of give you our thoughts, put our stamp on the season, give you our most valuable players, least valuable players, the names we're watching heading into next year, which is probably the most important pieces for you. And then we're going to go through and kind of spitfire a mock draft for you, round one, what we expect it to look like next year. Ferris is going to give you some well-thought content, and I am going to try to set fire to it. So without any more ado, Ferris, let's get going. 2018-19 coming to an end here, uh, the 18th season, and... Uh, we're going to go through MVP, quarterback. We both have got Patrick Mahomes. Why is he the only choice? A uh, guy whose ADP was outside of the top 12, ended up throwing uh, 50 touchdown passes. Uh, he averaged 25.9 fantasy points a game. And, uh, you know, just overall was uh, just a fantasy dynamo this year. He was. He is, you know, he would be the consensus. He's probably going to be the consensus everywhere. I did want to throw out that outside of his insane year, both Matt Ryan and Andrew Luck had monster years. That first year in a while, I think, that you've seen people that were not uh, consensus top eight picks, three of them jump up to be inside the top four. Ben Roethlisberger sandwiched between them. Going into next year, Patrick Mahomes is a QB1, and we'll get into how high later on in the season, but, I mean, it was there really wasn't any other choice. Your least valuable quarterback this year, who'd you have? I think Tom Brady going uh, off the board is a QB2. Um, he still ended up being in the top 12, but at 11 overall, and um, really never put together a, that you know big game that you were looking for. Um, in the championship game, if you made it that far and started him, he only got you five points. Um, you know, just a, a maybe Father Time is catching up to Tom Brady, and we'll have to take that into account next year. Yeah, it, it, totally possible. Nice game yesterday, though. You shouldn't have been playing yesterday. Um, I had Carson Wentz, and this is a season people are going to say, "Well, he didn't play a ton. He really only missed a quarter. <laughs> he missed a quarter of the season." But he had a game in there, you know, against New Orleans, not even one fantasy point. You know, under one single fantasy point. Less fantasy points on the year than Case Keenum. Definitely less than, you know, Baker Mayfield coming in as a rookie. Mitch Trubisky was a hot prospect. Carson Wentz was a guy that I saw going as high as quarterback five or six. Um, and Nick Foles has come in, and honestly, that offense has been better with Nick Foles. So not a guy that I'm looking to roster going this next year. No, I agree there. And the, the names we're looking to watch, this is what you really want. Going into next year, two guys I'm going to try to own. They'll probably be part of committees, but I have really been impressed with Lamar Jackson and actually more impressed with your boy up in Buffalo, Josh Allen. For fantasy purposes, it's possible that Josh Allen ends up being one of the three or four best quarterbacks next year. You know, it's also possible that he's not like the worst draft pick of all time, like yeah. a lot of a lot of like analytics Twitter would have you think of. Um, he's definitely still inaccurate, and uh, I think it is a bit of an uphill battle for his uh, passing game. But 
Uh, we've seen inaccurate rushing quarterbacks do well um, in fantasy and on the field. Um, so I, I, I think that he's been a, a bit of a pleasant surprise for anybody who doesn't mind uh, being wrong. Yeah, I mean, he's going to turn the ball over some, right? Last last five games, uh, seven picks and seven touchdowns. But he's so dangerous with his feet. You know, I think he ran for a couple scores yesterday. Uh, he is going to turn out fantasy points that, you know, we may not have seen on the ground, all, uh, you know, since Michael Vick. I mean, he really is going to put up some monster numbers. And that offense can only get better. I truly believe that. I don't really think they can. They don't really even have a wide receiver outside of Foster at all. So he's a guy I'm monitoring. He's going to go late. He's not going to be drafted as a QB1, I don't think. Um, so those are the two that I'm watching. Let's move on to running back, your most valuable running back this year. I went with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you know, he was drafted at the RB10 spot, uh, ended up, you know, setting a, a record for most uh, receptions for a running back. Uh, altogether, 385 points on the year. Um, that's kind of in his points per game in the PPR format, 24.1. And that's skewed with, uh, you know, has his light workload um, in week 17. Um, I just think that the the value that he gave you and the uh, super high floor that you got with him is, uh, you know, really incredible. Absolutely. Him and Kamar both, I think there was some trepidation heading into the season and they both had incredible years, but McCaffrey did. He had a better year. He was really, really good and should continue to be really good because he's such a huge part of that passing game. And that dual back that you see in Kamara as well is so valuable. And actually Saquon Barkley too. Um, I have James Conner and Philip Lindsay, both guys that were afterthoughts. Lindsay probably added off the waiver wire in almost every league except the deepest. Conner taken as a bell handcuff for maybe a late round dart. Both finished as top 12 guys. Both suffered kind of injury issues towards the end of the season that slowed them down a little bit. But I mean, uh, both guys eclipsed 200 points. Connor finishing, you know, as like a top five or six running back. Um, heading into next year, I don't know how confident you are with Lindsey. I mean, you wonder if they're going to run Freeman a little more. He should still be, you know, probably a top 15 guy, assuming this uh, wristing comes back, right? And it's better. But Connor, if he's the lead dog in Pittsburgh, is he an RB1 heading into next year? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that he would probably be, uh, you know, close closer to a top five than than you would uh, initially think if he's the lead guy going into the season. Um, but I, I think that depending on who the Broncos hire, there's uh, you know a, a decent chance that uh, Philip Lindsay will get bypassed by Royce Freeman. Uh, he was he was really good, but. You know, he's 180 pounds and he doesn't catch the ball that much. Um, I just kind of question uh, how sustainable his production would be. Yeah, I'm definitely more concerned about Lindsey than Connor. Connor next year, you're staring at a draft board. He's the only guy in Pittsburgh. Would you rather have James Connor or Melvin Gordon? I'd go with James Connor. James Connor or Joe Mixon? Uh, I mean, that's a tough one because we don't know who's going to be yeah. in, in Cincinnati, but I would. I, right now, I would say James Conner just because you know how productive that spot can be. All right, one last one, not to do with Conner, but 
You have a dynasty team on your team. You have Philip Lindsay. You have Kareem Hunt. You only have one running back spot. Who are you keeping? Oh, I think I would keep Philip Lindsay because uh, you know I think his trade value is probably a lot higher right now, depending on um, who you play with. But I've definitely seen Philip Lindsay going for first round picks, and um, if that's the case, I think that um, that would be the move to make. All right, least valuable running back. We've got uh, consensus here on LaShawn McCoy, and then I added in Leonard Fournette. What I'm going to say about Fournette is just he was a guy that you drafted to be your bell cow running back, and he cannot stay healthy. You know, he really can't. Finishes the season with less points than TJ Yeldon by a pretty sizable margin. Missing games constantly. It's clear. I mean, they voided what they voided the guaranteed part of his contract. But in the first nine games, I mean, he missed seven of them, I guess, including the bye. But seven of the first, six of the first uh, eight games, he missed due to injury. And the two that he did play, you know, he combined for 11 points. Really only had a couple of real nice games. And it's obvious they're not a fan of him there. Uh, Leonard Fournette, if this is a guy who's one of your keepers, I'm not real excited about it and had just a terrible year. Yeah. And. You know, justifiably so, the Giants got a decent amount of flack for taking Saquon Barkley at two overall, but it's not even close to as egregious as taking Leonard Fournette at number four overall with Blake Bortles as your quarterback and in one of the deepest running back classes of all time. Um, To me, picking Leonard Fournette at four overall there is one of the worst draft picks maybe of all time. Um, And... You know, especially, you know, TJ Yeldon is completely serviceable. Um, Whether or not you wanted to take a a running back later in the draft that, you know, Kareem Hunt went later, um, obviously you wouldn't want him on your team. Delvin Cook went in the late second round. Uh, I mean, this was just an unreal draft class, and you you take Leonard Fournette at four overall, passing all of those uh, tremendous quarterbacks um i mean it it just is just an absolute travesty uh for jacksonville fans to have be saddled with leonard fournette for a couple more years every year we have at least one undrafted seventh round running back that comes in makes noise gets a starting job and is relevant in fantasy really relevant and that doesn't happen with quarterbacks we're not celebrating the sixth round quarterback that takes over a team so I, I've seen the arguments both ways. I just don't – running backs don't really matter that much. And when you get a really good one like Saquon Barkley, or Tar- that's amazing. But you can always look at those draft classes and find other great players who went a hell of a lot later. Uh, Fournette is on a team that we don't know if he's long for, has an awful situation at quarterback, whatever it is. I mean, this quarterback draft class, and you will know more about this than I do, but it looks terrible with everybody staying. Um, I just, uh, I don't see a lot of good things coming. Like, it's possible we head into next year and there's not really a starter in Jacksonville that we want for fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. I would assume that it'll be, you know, uh, uh, Nick Foles or Tyrod Taylor or Teddy Bridgewater, because um, I don't think that anybody in this draft class could start right away. Um so it's just looks worse and worse every day. 
Name to watch. So I've got Derrick Henry, and we, we've we all seen, you know, everybody can figure out. We've all seen what has happened the last three or so weeks where he has just exploded. I love Henry heading into this year. We're a year too early. They really fed Deion Lewis heavier. I think that that team as a whole is going to stay pretty solid. I'll be interested to see what happens with Mariota because he just can't stay healthy. And to be honest, um, they weren't that much worse with Blake Gabbert. So maybe they make a move and get themselves a stopgap as well. But I like the nucleus of talent around. We should get Delaney Walker back. Corey Davis t- steps forward. Taiwan Taylor dropped a pretty terrible pass yesterday. But um, as a whole, I think that line is solid, and Derrick Henry could end up being a monster next year. Yeah, he could. And um, I'm also interested in seeing uh, what goes on in Seattle with Chris Carson, who has just looked amazing in these past uh, three or four games. And speaking of running backs that have looked very good in the last three or four games. Um, Jordan Howard has double-digit PPR points um, in all you know four weeks of the fantasy playoffs if you you know play in, in uh, week 17, which is stupid. But um, nevertheless, he came on strong at the end. Um, you know, he actually was pretty productive in the beginning too. Um, I think that uh, if he were to find himself on another team, uh, he could be an interesting running back. Well, that that was what I was going to say. You know, I I think he gets traded, and we've talked about this on a ton of podcasts before this. But I don't think Jordan Howard ends up is on the Bears next year. Um, so definitely a name to watch. Let's go to wide receiver. Your wide receiver MVP, and then I'll give you mine. My wide receiver MVP is actually going to go. I'm going to go with Julian Edelman. Uh, kind of outside the box there, but you know, if you think about um, him going as as wide receiver uh, thirty six, and then you know finishing as where did he finish as a top twenty wide receiver, and missing the first four games, um, I mean that's some really good production. Seventeen point three PPR points a game, plus you factor in the four games that he missed. You still have replacement level production there. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a guy that you drafted 36th overall for a wide receiver position. Uh, you know, really being an outstanding pickup for you. Yeah, he was. Um, I want to throw a little love also to Adam Thielen, who I was not a fan of in the offseason, and he threw it right in my face. I uh, had a great year. My wide receiver MVP is the one it should be every single year. It's Antonio Brown. Guy only had one one game under 11 fantasy points all year with everybody focused on him. Juju Smith-Schuster also having a nice year, kind of chaos in the backfield for a while. That team seeming to implode at times, and he still got it done. Antonio Brown is still really, really good at football and very, very good for fantasy purposes and almost seems to be aware of it. Like, he's always arguing for the ball, always, you know, looking to score. Antonio Brown is, I think he probably owns himself in a lot of leagues. Least valuable players, uh, a couple guys sandwiched right next to each other. Uh, Allen Robinson and A.J. Green. Robinson, you know, signing with Chicago, coming back off that knee injury. And A.J. Green, there was a lot of talk in the offseason about him potentially being the wide receiver one. Cincinnati just went up in flames. But neither of these guys really returned value. As you pointed out off air, both of them finished right next to Jordan Nelson, who went undrafted in a lot of cases. Um, these were the example of why when you pay for elite players, you know, even like the Michael Thomases, um, you you kind of, you're getting that safety because both of these guys were decent investments 
especially AJ Green. You know, you invested probably a top six wide receiver pick at him, and uh, it just didn't pay off. I'm wondering, AJ Green getting dinged up like this. I'm hoping he's not becoming like the Melvin Gordon of fantasy. Yeah, he has struggled to finish out a fantasy season strong. Um, you know, speaking of another person that didn't finish the season, uh, Demarius Thomas was drafted as the wide receiver uh, 15, ended up as wide receiver 38, 37 um, with the Achilles injury so late in the year. Uh, you would think that he'll probably miss uh, all of 2019. Um just a, a bad investment, uh, especially t- taking into account that, uh, you know, he was significantly worse than Emmanuel Sanders, his uh, wide receiver mate, while they were playing in, in Denver, who you could have had much later in the draft. Uh, you know, also went down with the Achilles injury, but was still much more productive. Uh, Demarius Thomas was uh, just a completely wasted pick for somebody that you drafted to be. Uh, you know, wide receiver too. Yeah, an honorable mention for me, by the way, is Corey Davis. Do you remember how high he was in ADP? I saw some people taking him at end of three, fourth round. It's just a good reminder that if your quarterback isn't good, it doesn't matter how enamored you are with the player or his metrics. Uh, Corey Davis finished with less fantasy points than Mohamed Sanu. I mean, there really isn't anything else to say but that. Names to yeah, watch. Big- Go ahead. No, yeah, I was just going to say that's a, a big miss by anybody that drafted Corey Davis. Names to watch, I've got Amari Cooper and Chris Godwin. Separate tiers here. I have Amari Cooper here because I am I know that he slowed the last couple weeks, but clearly uh, very much uh, you know, he's going to get an offseason in Dallas, an offseason working with Dak. He's going to get paid. Um, I, I don't think it's crazy to think that we head into next year talking about Amari Cooper as a top 12, top 10 wide receiver. Um, and then Chris Godwin – just we've seen what happens when Deshaun Jackson doesn't play. We tend to be a year early on players. You can see that all over the board even with Derrick Henry. Uh, Chris Godwin, Deshaun Jackson is gone. He wants to be gone, and they don't want him anymore. Chris Godwin will be a full-time player next year. I still think it'll be James Winston, who seems to like him, had a monster game this last week when none of you should have been playing. Uh, I will be thrilled if both my teams have both Amari Cooper and Chris Godwin heading into next year. Uh, one guy way further down the list that I think could find his way uh, into your drafts next year would be Richard Higgins. Um, he seemed to come on uh, uh, pretty strong with uh, Baker Mayfield, and uh, I think that he could you know, do some damage out of the slot if they wanted to move Jarvis Landry full-time to an outside receiver. Uh, you know, should, uh, should they not really add anything in the offseason, um, I think that Richard Higgins could be a an interesting late round guy. Let me ask you about Robert Foster. So from week 10 on average 12, 13 fantasy points a game um, really only had one stinker at Miami. Uh, Clearly a part of it. I mean, he performed like a wide receiver two from week 10 on Robert Foster is is a guy that is not going to get near as much buzz. You know, he had an 18 point game in week 15, but uh, didn't finish with a ton, but he was relatively consistent. Is he somebody you would look to target as he grows with Josh Allen? Uh, yeah, probably, but like his, he had a a really high a dot. It was almost 30 yards. Um, and he didn't get that many targets. Uh, I think that Zay Jones is probably the, still the guy that is more likely to finish with, um, more fantasy points, uh, next year. 
Zay Jones quietly finished as the wide receiver 35 this year, which is um, pretty incredible considering um, you know where he started his year. Um, so both Foster and Zay Jones are, are players to keep on your radar. Yeah, it, we, you're underselling it pretty incredible as he was you know, basically uh, having issues like in a hotel before the season and we were wondering if he's going to make the team. But you remember coming out, uh, people really, really were high on him. And uh, those could be an inter- that could be an interesting pairing heading into next year. Tight ends, we'll round it out. Before we go, <laughs> I want to preface the tight end piece before we go to it with this was just an, an absolute dog shit year for tight ends. That, now, some of the ones that were great were great, but it got ugly really, really fast. And case in point, when, when we're prepping for the show, I'm looking and thinking, how in the hell Austin Hooper's like a top six tight end? How is this happening? Um, you know, Jared Cook, top five guy. Um, you know, Vance McDonald, top 12 guy. It just, it got ugly really fast. was not the year of the tight end. MVP, <clears throat> I think we, we both agree, was George Kittle. Far and away, especially relative to value, unbelievable. I did throw in there Eric Ebron, who I, I also think probably came off a lot of waiver wires or was a, like a late-round pick when you were just trying to plug. Both guys finished as top six players in the position, and both guys really, really consistent all year long. Yes, they were. Uh, I think that we should both – or we should be cautious for both of them, though, because they were both you know, aided by injury. Uh, you know, In Eric Ebron's case, Jack Doyle – going down for the majority of the year definitely boosted his value. And George Kittle was pretty much the only show in town for the majority of the year due to, you know, just the incredible amounts of inter- injuries the the 49ers had. Yeah. I really, I mean, I really think that George Kittle is super talented and, and he is a top three tight end going forward. But, um, you know, his usage very well could go down a, a little bit next year if they, Know, add some pieces or stay a little bit more healthy there. Yeah, Kittle, 11 of 16 games, Kittle had eight or more targets, which is insane to think about at the tight end, especially considering where he was drafted. Uh, had a monster year. The tight end that disappointed us the most, um, and, you know, I think we both agreed, and you, you drew somebody else because you, know you knew where I was going, but Rob Gronkowski. And I have been on, you know, the island for years that Gronk was – was I was fine if he took him the first. I was. He was that much better than everyone else at his position. He was like having a tight end and a wide receiver three sandwiched together. Uh, and this was the year that the wheels fell off. He just was not that player anymore. Um, you know, didn't even finish as you know like a top fourteen guy probably. Um, he was really really bad. And especially heading into the playoffs, um, Rob Gronkowski. It's sad to say that Rob Gronkowski probably cost people spots. You know, everybody remembers week 16, that championship game, when he gave you a big fat zero against Buffalo, who, you know, we've all heard the narrative how, how much he loves playing against Buffalo. But, um, you know, at 29, heading on 30, body maybe breaking down. I will not be going back to Rob Gronkowski in the first or second round next year. Yeah, I definitely agree there. Um, I went with Evan Ingram, who was drafted as the seventh uh, tight end off the board. <clears throat> he came on strong after Odell Beckham got hurt, but in the regular season, so weeks uh, one through 13, he only averaged 8.8 uh, EPR points a game. Uh, yeah, He missed a couple games due to injury as well, but uh, you know, Evan Ingram uh, definitely did not 
outperform up to uh, people's stand or expectations this year. Uh, and I think that uh, you'd have to be a little bit nervous for him going forward uh, with Odell Beckham, you know, obviously returning next year. Uh, Saquon Barkley becoming even more integrated into the passing game. Uh, you know, he and Sterling Shepard has really been a, a nice player throughout his career. Uh, you know, at best, Evan Ingram is probably the fourth um, fourth fiddle in that uh, in that band. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any. What do you going into next year? Assuming they keep Eli Manning. Evan Ingram is likely to be a what for you? Um, top. I, and just because of the position, he's probably still top 12. But, um, you know, there's a, a couple of uh, interesting younger guys. You would think that um, maybe with a new coach in my, at Miami, Mike Gusecki could be an interesting guy that, you know, doesn't necessarily have a lot of, competition for targets um Noah Fant out of Iowa will be drafted probably in the first round and is a amazing athlete um you know you could definitely see him if he lands in the right spot um you know being more valuable than Evan Ingram uh so I, I think that uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one all right well uh, we're, we finished up that segment. Good stuff. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please head on over to fantasyhotread.com. Check out all of our latest news and notes, all the articles written by our crack staff, especially as we get ready to roll into the off season. Now we're going to give you a little first-round mock. We're going to go through it. Ferris is going to lead off with the first pick, and we're going to go through And uh, This is early, so we are no doubt this is going to change, and we are going to look like idiots on some of this. But let's get started with the uh, – the first pick in the uh, bullshit early mock, Ferris, who are you taking? Uh, came down to Christian McCaffrey and Todd Gurley for me, and I'm going to go with uh, Todd Gurley. Um, yeah, I think that we'll forget a little bit of how dominant he was because of him taking off a couple weeks going in the playoffs. Um, but he, was, he really put up an amazing season, and I think that it warrants going number one overall. Okay, I'm... I don't uh, disagree with you. I think that it's fine, and I, I get it. And this is going to be similar to last year. We're probably going to roll through a few of these picks. There may be some variation. So you had it came down to you, Christian McCaffrey. And it came down to me, Todd Gurley and Saquon Barkley, and you took Todd Gurley, so I'm going to take Saquon Barkley. Yeah, so then, you know, three overall, I would be ecstatic with Christian McCaffrey. That's 100-catch season. Um, I mean, that's uh, just a great floor. Uh, you talk about not wanting to lose the draft in the first round, and not many people could be more safe than Christian McCaffrey. So uh, if you're third overall and you can get him, that'd be great. And I'm going to stay true to brand here at number four overall, and I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara, uh, one of the most dynamic playmakers in the NFL, an offense that's going to continue to get better. Unless the Saints, you know, if the Saints win the Super Bowl, maybe this changes because maybe Drew Brees rides off. But if he does not, they're just going to continue to get better. Michael Thomas, one more year in the league. Um, you know, Traquan Smith, another year getting better. Uh, Kamara is an absolute <coughs> star that can have those weeks that so few running backs can have where he can completely shift um, a matchup. Yeah, don't disagree there. Um, I think I'll take the first wide receiver off the board here and go with DeAndre Hopkins. 
Uh, I just love the amount of targets he gets. Uh, I think that he's a, a great player playing in an explosive offense. Uh, I like just like DeAndre Hopkins uh, the most going into 2019 as of now. Yeah, and it always it's always tough to be to take that first wide receiver. You're always under a ton of scrutiny, um, but you know I can't argue with anything. And you know Watson, one more year getting, <laughs> getting better as a passer. You know. Uh, I'm going to chop to it at six. I'm sprinting up to the board to take Zeke Elliott. Uh, he's a dynamic player in an offense that found a, another dynamic player in Amari Cooper. Another you're getting better. Dak is going to get paid. Um, hopefully their line you know, returns healthy. They were dropping people left and right. That defense is kind of stouted up. On a team that no team really slows the clock better than Dallas, and they do that by grinding it out. And what you want in that scenario is the running back, and that running back is Zeke Elliott. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think that uh, I will take David Johnson next. Um, Probably a little bit of a reach there. But, um, you know, David Johnson is a running back that has a a strong – passing game ability they got rid of their coach after one year so they clearly weren't happy with how how they were using their um, big investment uh, I think that David Johnson has a bounce back next year and um, he'll give you that uh, huge amount of receptions and uh, you know has a touchdown equity because he's the you know running back one there yeah and so much of him I think will be dependent on who takes that job right who comes in there? But um, if if they get a coach that comes in and commits to him, I mean, he could be. He was in conversation again for being, uh, being the guy. You know, uh, so you took David Johnson, and that's going to shake things up a little bit. And what I know, as I wrote this down, is that you're going to absolutely love my, love my next pick. I'm going to take Dalvin Cook at eight overall. Uh, the last five or six weeks, I'm not sure a running back in the NFL was more explosive or played better. Another year, Kirk Cousins now coming off his first full season there. You saw some of the disgruntled uh, between <coughs> him and the receivers. And the solution to that is going to be to get Dalvin Cook more involved, get teams scared of Dalvin Cook. If he was healthy and there weren't injury concerns, I think that you could make the argument that he might be the most dynamic running back in the NFL or really close to it. So I'm totally comfortable building my team around him. Every one of these guys has got injury history. Maybe he has more than most, but I'm happy rolling with Dalvin Cook. Running back heavy for me. How do you like them apples? Yeah, it is. And I think that the the Vikings will be a prime um, spot for offensive linemen to land. Yep. Uh, so. I think that they'll probably build a little bit around that running game and try and get it going better. Um, I'll take up Melvin Gordon next. Uh, not really in love with the pick, uh, especially with you know his history of going down later in the season. But at this point, um, the amount of volume that he gets is too much to pass up. I do hope that um, the time that he has been sharing with Justin Jackson uh, kind of goes goes by the wayside. Um, but this this late in the first, Melvin Gordon uh, seems to be a pretty decent value. Good stuff. Um, I am going to take my my first receiver here as it heads in. And, you know, I noticed that you took DeAndre Hopkins. Probably uh, 
there's going to be four or five. You know, I could make an argument for uh, Antonio Brown here, Michael Thomas. The one that I'm going to take uh, is Devontae Adams in Green Bay. Coming off a season where just everything seemed to go wrong for the Packers, they're going to get a new coach. He's going to be better than Mike McCarthy because <coughs> Mike McCarthy was terrible. Um, side note, if he ends up coaching the Browns, come on, what are we doing? What are we doing with our lives if this is what happens? Um, but Devontae Adams is clearly Rodgers' go-to guy. Rodgers still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, one of the best at producing fantasy volume as well, and not a ton around him that really scares me. I would imagine they're going to upgrade at tight end because Jimmy Graham looks washed. Aaron Jones is really a threat. Not He didn't make it in, but he was a dark horse to make it in. I, I guess I don't know what your next pick is. He was a dark horse, though, to make it into the first round. He was so good when he was healthy. Um, but I, I feel confident with Devontae Adams as my wide receiver one. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, we're, we're at 11. Well, at 11. This is your last pick of this uh, mock, <laughs> of your mock, buddy, so make it count. All right. I think that I am going to make it count and take Travis Kelsey. I'll be that guy that takes a tight end in the first round uh, just because of how bad the position is. Well, you are that guy in a lot of ways. <coughs> okay? So you are that guy in a lot of ways. And rounding out the first round, I went right back to the running back well. And I have two names written on here. And the reason I have two names is because I'm going to have to see what happens with, <coughs> with Darius Geis' knee. See how it comes back, see how he looks. The other name that I've written on here, and I'm totally fine with it, is Nick Chubb, man. Nick Chubb, you know, that <coughs> negative four-yard carry knocked him off 1,000 yards as he played basically two-thirds of a season. Had a crazy year on an offense <coughs> that only seems to be ascending. Cleveland is going to be really good for years to come, and I know that's a weird thing to hear, but it's true. They stockpiled all that defensive talent. Now they've got the offensive weapons. It's not going to surprise me if Cleveland comes in and just woodshed some people next year. So I think Nick Chubb is going to be locked and loaded as a running back one. That's contingent on Geis not being up to Because I love Darius Geis. I think he is a top five or six talent at running back in the NFL, and he's also just one of those guys you want to root for, and that's important in fantasy to me. You know, I like like my guys, but Darius, Darius Geis is a really good guy. Um, it was only the first round. We'll do a deeper one a little later. Some names that aren't going to approach the first round, but I think that are really interesting that I just wanted to bounce off you. Heading into the next year, if your running back one is Chris Carson, how do you feel? Uh, I think that I would probably have a very strong receiving core and tight ends, um, and I would be completely fine with it. <clears throat> Love it. Run it. Heading into next year, if your running back one is Aaron Jones, he's healthy. How do you feel? I'd be I'd be good with it. Okay. And then last but not least, because I wanted to get your opinion on this guy, because I know you've had some strong takes on this young man heading forward. Going to next year, your wide receiver one is Mike Evans, and Jameis is the quarterback. How do you feel? I mean, I would feel great. Um, you know, he's probably going to be drafted as like a low-end wide receiver one, and um, I think that he has the talent to, you know, return a, a overall wide receiver one season. Uh, I think that they'll probably have a very strong offensive-minded head coach going into next year, and um, he, he's gonna he's gonna do well. Evans or Juju? I'd go Evans. Evans or AJ Green? <coughs> I'd go Evans. Evans or those who's going to be much ballyhooed? Kenny Galladay. I'd go Evans. And then last but not least, um, let's go with the man, another man who can't stay healthy: Evans or Keenan Allen. Evans. Wow. One year. A turnaround. Converted. 
Andrew Ferris is now on Team Mike Evans. I love it. Hey, listen, buddy. Have a great new year. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, Ferris, tell everybody where they can follow you. Follow me on Twitter at AndyFerrisFF. Um, I'm starting to coach modified basketball, so I went as uh, I'm protected now, so you do have to ask if you can follow me. That's just for the next couple months, and then I'll open it back up. But I don't want those little rugrats seeing all the terrible stuff that I tweet. Which is, yeah, probably good for the world, too. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great, happy New Year's, safe New Year's Eve, and a happy New Year's. Um, Ubers are cheaper than a DUI, people. Um, Lots of love, and we will see you (coughs) heading into 2019. Say goodbye, Ferris. Bye.